been a while. Welcome to Batcast 66. It's a podcast where we watch all of the 1966 Batman television series, and then we talk about each episode every week or every other week, whatever we're doing right now. Uh, my name's Kendall. And I'm Scott. Today, we're talking about Batman episode 27, The Curse of Tut. It was written by Robert C. Dennis and Earl Barrett and directed by Charles R. Rondell. Uh, But first, let's just backtrack and talk about the Joker. Yeah, I was going to say, Kendall had some real-life obligations, so he couldn't make it to the last couple episodes, but... uh, his wife, Kayla, has stepped up as co-host for me. Um, but we figure you've now had a chance to catch up and just give your quick thoughts on those episodes. Um, Overall, I thought it was pretty poorly constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you had a lot of the tropey bits, you know, end of part one, death trap. Uh but it really felt like there was maybe a loose outline for the episode where it's like, all right, this could be for either the Riddler or the Joker. Yeah. And then they just kind of picked one to throw in there. It, it almost feels like they didn't have uh, Cesar Romero for like as much time as they need to do for an episode. Because like, you feel like he's barely in it and he's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it feels extremely undercooked. But that's why we yeah. gave it a one. What's that? We gave, gave him it... a one star for his plan in that. So, well, yeah, especially at the end where it's just like, oh, it was all fake. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Um, but there were a couple cool things. I did like um the like hench lady. Yeah. How like she didn't seem to fall in love with Batman the way others have. She's just like, yo, why are we going to kill somebody? Mm -hmm. Uh, Her her qualms came from more of a moral place than like this, like, attraction to Batman. He's so handsome. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, I I, I get it, but, well, all right. Figure people might have been a little bit curious what your take on that episode would have been. Also, so I haven't listened to yours and Kayla's uh, episode yet, um, or episodes rather, but like that stinger at the end, what did you all think of that? I remember it being kind of like dumb. It was just like Commissioner Gordon calls Batman and is like, oh, I heard a rumor you're running for mayor of California. Yeah, that... I couldn't find any information on this, but like it feels like that was like a topical reference to like something. Like maybe some guy named Wayne was running for governor of California in real life in the 60s. I wonder. I, I, I don't know. Something it has to be something like that. It didn't make any sense with the rest of the episode. It's like, what is this? Yeah. Or they, they just came kept up like... short and they just needed to add like a couple of minutes to it. Yeah. So it just came up with this really dumb gag. And then they were just like, 
loads of fat shaming right before that. <laughs> I yeah. was not a fan of it, really. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Those are all my thoughts on on the Joker episodes. Uh, King Tut. Yeah, um, I know we usually start when we get a new villain, we start like with our history of them, but uh, this is his first appearance ever. He was created for the TV show. Yeah, which is um pretty cool. I uh, think he's an interesting villain. Like, I, I only know about him from the 66 comics. I've never seen any episodes with him. I... I... I know I've seen his episodes when I was a kid, but like I don't remember any distinct details. And then he's just kind of always been one of those like outside of the big four villains, he's one of those ones that people talk about with in regards to this show because he's a relatively iconic part of this. And doing a little bit of research on him for this, other than you know, the big four Joker, Penguin, Riddler, and Catwoman, he's the only villain to appear in all three seasons. Oh, interesting. So it's one of those things where it's like yeah, and then occasionally he gets like cameos and like Batman the Brave and the Bold and some other stuff. Apparently he made his comic book debut in 2009. Oh, so interesting. A very long time after the fact. I but wonder I, what that was like. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of I kind of like him. He brings a very different vibe than the I... traditional Batman villains, yeah. So as of this recording, I've only watched the first part of this story. I'm into him. He's very cool. Yeah. I get the feeling that he might exist for the same reasons a lot of the season two episodes of Star Trek happened, where it's like, where they would go to like a themed planet where like this is, you know, Gangsterland Chicago, or this is the haunted house planet. This planet looks like ancient Rome. It's because they had access to like these sets and costumes. I have a feeling Fox just had a bunch of Pharaoh shit. And they're just like, well, we don't have to make new stuff, so just make an Egyptian-themed villain for well, Batman. I feel like they kind of... Like, that's how they explain his hideout in this episode. Yeah. I've got <laughs> lots of opinions on his hideout and props and stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, should we get into it? Yeah, I would say let's get into it. All right. Uh, we start at uh, Gotham Central Park. Citizens are just having a nice time. And then some uh, goons wearing like plastic sphinx masks or like pharaoh tomb masks or something roll up and like place this giant gold statue in the middle of the park uh and then they proceed to just take their masks off in the middle of the park and i'm just left wondering what the point of it all was yeah it was weird <laughs> Um, from this giant, they they call it a sphinx, but like it's not it's really. Not. 
Yeah, it's not what is I it, think of, at least when I think it of it. It looks snake. more like the satanic church is like bah uh, Devil of Bahamut. Baphomet? Yeah. Baphomet, yeah. Sorry, this isn't Final Fantasy. It looks <laughs> much more like that, where it's like, I think it's supposed to be like a jackal-headed like person. Yeah, it's like Anubis or something. It's not yeah. the Sphinx. Yeah. It's like the it's like the reverse Sphinx, where it's like the Sphinx is supposed to have a, a person's face in an animal body. This is like a human body in, in an animal head. Yeah. Pretty sure it's Anubis. Yeah, it looks like it. I referenced Anubis later through it. So I don't know. Yeah. I just think uh, it's a lot of unresearched writing. I feel like this is back when uh, everybody thought Egyptians were white people. Yeah, and they were literally magic or something. Yeah. Uh, a voice comes from the statue claiming that Gotham City uh, belongs to a king who is going to be returning. I thought this was pretty cool. Yeah. Like, this very is so different. Di yeah, very different inciting incident. Yeah. Um, so, like, I don't know what. We're 20. So, we got 26 episodes behind us. And this is the first kind of like, I'm going to take over the world scheme, I feel like. Or he doesn't even want to take over the world. He wants, he believes Gotham City is like the reincarnation of, I don't know, Thebes or something. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty cool. It, it's the first kind of villain like this. Yeah. Because normally it would be like they're robbing something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we go to police headquarters. Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara are like, this has got to be a publicity stunt from the museum. They have a new ancient Egyptian exhibit. So they call up uh, Bruce Wayne, who's the treasurer for the museum. Bruce Wayne has a lot of jobs, I feel like, or he wears a lot of hats. Yeah, he definitely does. He keeps real busy. Which is like pretty wild considering he's also Batman. Yeah. But I guess it helps to have your like finger on the pulse all over the city. I mean, he keeps getting involved. It keeps getting him uh, benefits in all these different capers. True. Uh, Gordon's like, hey, Bruce, this, this has gone way too far. Like this publicity, this publicity stunt is upsetting people. It's disturbing the peace. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, Bruce is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so Gordon hangs up and then proceeds to call Batman. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny when uh, he calls Bruce Wayne, like commissioner's calling for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, they do make a big deal about that. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it is funny that he immediately calls Batman. <laughs> he has to make two excuses to go talk to the 
talk to him because they were going to take yeah, Aunt Harriet to the uh, the 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 exhibit, and like she's a real Egyptophile, and it's like nothing makes me happier than a new ancient Egyptian of exhibit, and like you must not get a lot of pleasures in life. Yeah, and when inevitably when Bruce and Dick abandon her to yeah. become Batman and Robin. She's the most pissed off I've ever seen her. Yeah. And she's, she's abandoned like, by them a lot. Yeah. So I believe that she's a, an Egyptophile, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we get a little bit of backstory at police headquarters. Batman uh, is has arrived. Uh and he's like, oh, this must be the work of King Tut. So, yeah, I was going to say, so when it started, I was like, oh, I wonder if King Tut's a new character. Because I was like, there's no way, like, you would, a crazy Egyptian thing happened. Like, why would you have an Egyptian pharaoh-themed guy, <laughs> like, super criminal in your town? When he said, oh, this must be the work of King Tut, I'm like, why did you jump to that much sooner? Yeah, well, they do say it seems he didn't perish in that warehouse fire after all. Still, like, I was like, oh, man. Like, yeah. the first episode of the show, like, it looked like the Riddler died in something. That apparently is apparently a, a pretty common thing where these people just don't die. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought this was pretty interesting just in that uh all of the villains from the comic books have been treated as recurring villains on their first episode whereas show exclusive villains we usually get their origin yeah i was about to say because i wrote down like wow a, a village and origin story because they're about to explain like the origin of king tut yeah, do you want to go into that? Yeah, let's do it. Because this this is about when they say it. Like, because uh, Batman's like, hey, he's a sick person. It's not entirely his fault. Because uh, he is... I gotta pull up his real name. Oh, he's also one of the few people that gets, like, a civilian, like, normal person name, too. Yeah, not many people do. Uh, he was William Omaha McElroy, a highly regarded professor of Egyptology at Yale University. Um, there were protests. I, you know, it was the '60s, so I guess Vietnam or civil rights or something. Uh, and rocks were thrown. He got hit in the head with a rock, and then, like as if he was on the Flintstones, he wakes up with a completely different personality, believing he's the reincarnation of King Tut, and that Gotham is Thebes, and is just like, well, this is my city. I'm taking it over. Yeah, I mean, pretty <laughs> cool if you ask me. Yeah. There's worse origin stories. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't really ever get into like the triggering event for these, you know, super criminals. Yeah, they just are. They just like exist the way they do. Let's see. They, they explained Zelda the Great and Mr. Freeze at one point. Like, that's been it so far. Yeah. Like, Joker, Riddler, all those guys, yeah, yeah, they just 
are bad guys. Yeah, in, insane bad guys. Uh, so yeah, Batman and Robin, they're on the case. We cut to King Tut's palace, uh, which is a leftover, like, Egyptian-themed exhibit from last year's Gotham City exhibition. Dude, it is so elaborate, and, like, it looks like a set, but, like, in the th- in the reality of the show, like, that's all real stuff. That is so expensive. Like, if they just sold that, they'd be, like, criminal, like, Matt, like, <laughs> debt for life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, that... You can explain it away by saying that's not that's not what he wants, but yeah, like that's definitely what his goons want. Yeah, it's freaking insane. I yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like he's got the most expensive lair of any of the villains we've seen so far. Because most of the time they're in like some sort of abandoned factory or warehouse or something that they've kind of turned into like a theme thing around them. Yeah. But like, so my thing is who just built this and then abandoned it? Yeah, and like how did he Alright, so it's leftover stuff from like a previous exhibit, and like in theory, since he was a professor in Egyptology, he might have been curating like the exhibit or something so he could have had access to it, but like all of this stuff would be so like so difficult to move. Yeah. Especially for a guy that's kind of just been bumped on the head, you know what I mean? It's not like he had vast underground organizations, like like a network of criminals ahead of time that he could just activate. Yeah. Which leads me to like my big kind of hang up with him. He has these goons. Yeah. Like the the royal vizier or whatever and someone yeah. else he has all these like ladies who are just like laying around everywhere. And it's like we hear these goons talking to each other, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why can't we just sell the Sphinx statue and make a boatload of money? Like, all they have all these hangups, but. They still work for this guy who's obvious, who they know, like, truly believes he's the reincarnation of King Tut. Yeah, and they know that that's bullshit. Yeah, just like, I get it, you're you're a criminal, you gotta do what you gotta do to survive, but this guy does not... He doesn't have the resources that the other criminals have, like you were saying. Like, and then he's also like, you're a peasant and he's a king. The power dynamic. Granted, the power dynamic with like, the Riddler and stuff's not great either. But at least, you know, he doesn't have illusions of being a god king. Yeah. Um, it's just really weird that... But like, they, they make an offhanded comment about him being off his rocker, but like, they he knows what he's doing or whatever. But I think it's because he's like, well, this is my plan to like, get rid of Batman and Robin and then like because the whole thing I think is like subterfuge like they're trying to keep them away from whatever their real plan is yeah yeah so um, kind of like distracting him with this whole Sphinx thing yeah and we learned that here back at the park Batman and Robin are investigating the Sphinx uh, 
And I feel like the Sphinx kind of calls them out, like challenges them to. Yeah. Well, this this seems kind of funny because it shows like the limitations of the production. So it's like the same 20 extras in the park. And then the whole rest of the park is just empty. (laughs) It's really funny. Like I, I, once I noticed that like every other scene in the park, like it's really funny how empty it is. Well, you know, they're all crowded around this Sphinx. And like one thin, like one person, like deep, like lying around it. (laughs) It's not like it's supposed to be like a crowd and they're all like different, like genres of citizen. Like it looks really eclectic and weird. Yeah. They don't look like normal people. Yeah. Especially if this is supposed to be like New York Central Park. Yeah. Which is why I, I feel like it's implied to be like a main hub. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dynamic Duo, they're investigating. There's a secret blade that kind of pops out, but they easily avoid it. Uh, One of King Tut's goons, his uh, hench lady for the day, Nefertiti sends King Tut a signal uh, and then very openly just starts walking through the park. Yeah. I think she was supposed to be a distraction because she lures Batman and Robin to her and that's when like a bunch of like heavy goons show up to fight them. Yeah. So they confront her and she throws like a exploding snake or something at them? Yeah, it was like a piece of snake jewelry she had. She throws it at him. It explodes because Robin goes, holy asp. Ah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We get a little fight scene here. Uh, nothing too crazy. And Batman kind of figures out the whole play. Yeah. Um, the goons are just there to kind of divert Batman and Robin away from the Egyptian exhibit at the museum. Which, of course, that's what he's going to want to get involved with. Truly, yeah. Uh, You know, it's crazy that these super criminals show up every week. And the cops aren't like, okay, like, we know this guy's deal. Like, here's the Mad Hatter. And there's also the Gotham City Hat Convention. Exactly. Just like put all your guys there. Yeah, he's cl- they're clearly going to go to these places where their themed thing is like happening and there's yeah. valuables related to it. Like, oh, we just got mysterious, like we got priceless cat statues and Catwoman's not in jail. you know like yeah just be on your guard uh we cut to the museum you'll see a batman's changed back into bruce wayne yeah and he's leading a tour Mm -hmm. uh so there's a crowd of like reporters i guess this is kind of like a press tour yeah I, you know, give me a second to confirm, but I'm pretty sure that this uh, black reporter, like, reprises this role in the movie. Oh, really? 
he looked super familiar to me, but maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm just, uh, you're saying all black people look alike. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but let's take a look. Uh, where are the episodes? What are you on IMDb? Yeah. Season one. Wild that we're still in season one. We're almost done. Yeah. Actually, season two is longer, man. I mean, I'm fine with it. It's, it just feels nuts. Uh, I'm going to run the microwave while we're... There, I'll pause this. So yeah, that's uh, Emmanuel Thomas, who plays a reporter in the Batman movie, too. A good catch. I don't even remember there being reporters in the movie. It's like right at the beginning when like Catwoman is introduced as Miss Kitka after the exploding shark incident. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. I watched that movie a lot. I watched it a lot, too. I just, that doesn't stick out to me. Yeah, I can just call him when I see him. Uh, there's Commodore Schmidlap in another role. Here's this guy. Yeah, I did recognize Commodore Schmidlap, that actor. Uh, what he was the king of something, right? Yeah, something. In an earlier episode. Yeah, I think it was like a Joker or Riddler plot. It was Riddler because he kidnapped him. That's right, with the Rat Gang. Yeah, with the River Rats. Yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Bruce is doing this tour. Uh, and we come across, we come to a sarcophagus. And yep. I forget, does it open on its own or does he open it? I think they open it, which is fucking insane. Yeah, you don't just open an ancient sarcophagus like during a tour. You do that in like a lot, like a protected area. Yeah, because like the air will destroy the body. Yeah. So, so stupid. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't destroy this body because wouldn't you know it, the Pharaoh is alive. Yeah. They're like, wow, it's so well preserved. And then like his eyes start moving. I think he sits up, right? He's already kind of standing up. He like falls <laughs> over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, this is supposed to be the king that is returning to life. Yeah. Uh, that the the Sphinx was talking about in the park. That they prophesized. The prophecy. Uh, Bruce is really playing like he believes all of this is happening. Yeah. Uh, which I love. Yeah. I think we got more Bruce Wayne than Batman in this episode. Yeah, or at least, yeah, definitely. Or at least maybe Bruce had I, more to do than Batman. Yeah, or at least as much screen time, I feel. Yeah. Uh, some orderlies show up, like, from a hospital to, like, I don't know what they're planning on doing with this mummy. Well, I guess they like need to check him out. So I think they just wanted to take him to the hospital, like yeah. the, the museum or whatever. I mean, the orderlies are King Tut's goons. Yes. So Bruce accompanies uh, the goons and the mummy 
And uh, yeah, surprise, it's the bad guys and they knock Bruce Wayne out. Yeah, they kidnap him. And then King Tuck gets out of his mummy costume, which is really fake and bad with a big zipper in the back, like a mascot costume. <laughs> and just kind of like stuffs it in a drawer in the museum. And then like, but he's in full King Tut outfit underneath and just kind of straightens his belt and walks away. I, yeah. thought that, I don't know. Something about that was very, very amusing to me. And then uh, when you have a millionaire hostage, who are you going to call? The cops, I guess. You didn't recognize the car they drove away in? Oh, really? That was one of the, that was that uh, a Cadillac that became that. The, not the exact car, but like the model that became the Ecto one. I don't know if it was the exact model, like exact year and all that, but yeah, it's that car. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I was like, oh snap, there it is. Yeah, because I know it's a cat. I know it was a Cadillac ambulance. Yeah, I don't remember the exact make and model offhand, but it's like a Miller Meteor or something. It's called. I forget exactly what it was. I, I think because the, the one, when they got it, I don't think it was white and Ghostbusters or originally before they changed. Like, I think it, I remember it having different it colors black. with this one. It was black when they rolled up with it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah. This one, whereas this one's white, so I didn't put two and two together in my brain. Yeah. I, it just looked like an old timey 60s like ambulance. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the car. Yeah. One thing that's crazy, so they have Batman on a strap to a gurney, knocked out in it. Those things, uh, their wheels can lock. He is rattling all over the place in the back of this thing. Like, what a terrible way to, like, treat your uh, valuable uh, hostage. Listen, they're not real orderlies. I know they're not real orderlies, but they should be, like, real criminals. (laughs) They work for King Tut. Man who thinks he is King Tut. Yeah. They're at the bottom of the barrel, dude. They don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. They're just trying to make a couple extra bucks for their kids or something. Yeah. Uh, at the palace of King Tut. Yeah. Because somehow he gets back to the palace. I Where are they taking Bruce Wayne? Do they say? I don't think so. I think they're just taking him somewhere. Yeah. I I would assume they would take him to the hideout, but... I mean, maybe they're just keeping him mobile. Not. Yeah. Because they might need to take him to, like, a drop point at some point somewhere. Yeah. I, yeah. Maybe this scene doesn't take place at the palace. I forget. Anyway, King Tut is so pissed that Nefertiti is eating a hot dog. Yeah, because she's supposed to be his queen and that's such, like, common or lowbrow food. Yeah. Uh, King Tut, I hate to tell you, hot dogs, delicious. Depends on the hot dog. True. I think with the right grilling technique, any hot dog yeah. can be made delicious. You can make good hot dogs. I think they taste best when you're at a baseball game, but that's me. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, maybe I should go to one soon. 
Anyway, the Sphinx uh, starts talking again, or at least Nefertiti starts talking through the Sphinx. Uh, the prophecy has come to pass and the king has returned. Uh, and with that, King, king Tut takes the mic and he tells the city that Bruce Wayne is their hostage. Because that's exactly what the citizens want to hear from their new king. Yeah. And a king would definitely need to take people hostage to get money. Yeah. Uh, Gordon calls the Batcave. He gets Robin. Uh, Gordon's real upset because one of the city's most prominent millionaires, Bruce Wayne... Yeah. Kidnapped. I wonder how many millionaires the city has. Yeah. And also, like, just it doesn't make him more important than anyone else. Oh, it does. He gives them lots of money, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Robin doesn't know where Batman is, though. So, which, which is true. It, it is true. Things are looking pretty dire for the good guys. Uh, so with that, we cut back to Bruce Wayne and the goons. Mm -hmm. They're driving up this like winding mountain road. And like you're saying, Bruce Wayne, his gurney is just sliding all over the place. Yeah. Uh, the back door of the ambulance pops open. And yeah, I, I didn't misremember that. Like, it just pops open. Bruce Wayne didn't do anything like, like Batman trickery, right? Not that I noticed. Yeah. It just seems it just, to... it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I missed something, like when I was looking down to write a note. Uh, yeah, it just pops open and out he goes. Yeah. Because, like, so this is the, the episode cliffhanger. Like, he's rolling down this mountain, he's going to fly off a cliff. But, like, he was already kidnapped. That's a good enough cliffhanger. That's been kind of the cliffhanger before. Where Bruce Wayne's in trouble. And not Batman. Yeah, I mean, I guess this'll save them from having to do a whole rescue or escape operation. I guess, and, but that would that would have been fun and exciting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how this plays out. It's just I don't pretty either. wild. We've only watched the first episode as of recording. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, Bruce is rolling fast towards a cliff. And uh, the most horrendous is yet to come. Just pretty great way to end anything. Yeah, I love uh I love this narrator guy. He's pretty great. One of the um, best yeah, so what do you what do you think of King Tut? Uh, I fucking love King Tut. <laughs> I think he's great. He's the right level of hammy and scene chewing for something like this. Um, and we should probably give his actor a shout out. Yeah, uh, like Victor Bu Buono. Victor Buono. Yeah. Um, Is he in Star Trek? I'm probably. Everyone's in Star Trek at this point. Like, he looks familiar to me, and I don't know if it's just because I've seen pictures of this guy a lot. 
I mean, look them up. The deal is. But like, yeah, especially if you're a character actor, you were in like Star Trek at some point. Let's see what happens if I Google it. He's from Planet Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Maybe that's what you know him from. Oh, that could be it. I did just watch all the old ones. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he was in Star Trek. So especially if you just watched those, yeah, that's probably what you remember him. But it looks like he was in just like a lot of stuff. Oh no. Is is he mud? Oh, is he? Hold up. Let's. I'll have an answer in just a moment. No. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't think he was. No, it doesn't look like he was in Star Trek. But now we know. Oh, apparently he has a quote on uh, his role as, as King Tut. On Batman, being on Batman allowed me to do something we actors are never are taught never to do: overact. So I I think he does it well. It, it's a fun character so far. Yeah, I I'm a fan. Give me more time. He so you said he made his comic book debut. Maybe before we record the next part of this, I'll try to find that. Say two thousand nine. I might actually have that issue. Yeah, because that was definitely like deep in when we were doing comics and stuff. Yeah, two thousand nine. Is that like Grant Morrison time? No, I think that was before then. Yeah, let me pull him up in the comics. Uh, as Batman Confidential 26. Well, I wasn't a book I was getting. But. Yeah, me neither. Well, yeah, maybe I'll try to find it. But. Huh. <laughs> well, cover's pretty cool. I mean, the, it, the cover's The Curse of King Tut, which is similar to the title of this. And it says first time ever in Gotham at the top. And it shows like the, the 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 picture is King Tut in the middle, and then like one side's like Thebes and it kind of transitions to Gotham, uh like in the background, you know, like it's a reincarnation of it. Oh uh, it's pretty I, I cool. Just pulled it up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Huh. Maybe I'll give it a read. Yeah, I might I might seek this out. That might it looks like a not necessarily a gritty reboot of the character, but like it's definitely more in line with like modern comic sensibilities. That For make- sure, which is less interesting to me, um, yeah. but still could be fun. Yeah, I'm down. I'm glad somebody gave it a shot adapting. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if like Egghead and some of the other characters made for the show like are in the comics now. Yeah, maybe we'll. Maybe we'll as we we'll- get to them, we'll look it up. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I think that's that's it for me for this episode. Yeah, that's all I got. So uh, we'll catch you back here in a week or two. Same Backcast time, same Backcast channel.